Hello, this is Nikdha from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 29th of November. India recorded close to 44,000 new COVID-19 cases today. The country's tally is inching closer to 94 lakhs. The death toll has crossed 1 lakh 36,000 with 496 fresh fatalities. As of now, the number of active cases stand at nearly 4 lakh 54,000. After the Prime Minister's visit to the Serum Institute of India in Pune as a part of his three-day vaccine tour yesterday, the Institute's CEO, Adar Poonawala, has said that his company will apply for emergency use authorization of its coronavirus vaccine candidate, Covishield, in the next two weeks. Poonawala also said that his firm had not yet signed a written agreement with the centre about the vaccine. He estimated that there would be 300 to 400 million doses of the vaccine ready by July next year. The Prime Minister had visited India's top vaccine hubs to review the development of vaccines and the manufacturing process. The Prime Minister's office said that his tour was meant to help him get a first-hand perspective of the preparations, challenges and the roadmap in India's endeavour to vaccinate its citizens. The Indian Council of Medical Research, or the ICMR, has approved a simple and fast method for COVID-19 testing, which can not only increase the number of RT-PCR tests, but can also bring down costs. The method, called Dry Swap Direct RT-PCR Testing, developed by the Council of Scientific and Industrial Research, or CSIR, is a variation of the existing gold-standard RT-PCR method and can easily scale up the testing by two to three-fold with no new investment of resources. Farmers from Punjab who have been protesting against the centre's new farm laws for the last four days rejected Union Home Minister Amit Shah's proposal for early talks today. The Home Minister, in a video addressed to the farmers released late last evening, had said that the government was ready to talk based on one condition, that the farmers move their protests to the government-designated Nirankari ground in Burari. Rejecting the proposal, the farmers said that the government should have approached them with an open heart unconditionally. Addressing the media at around 4pm this evening at the Singhu border, Surjit Singh, state president of the Bhartiya Kisan Union Krantikari, said, and I quote, We will never go to Burari Park. We have come to know that it is not a park, rather it is an open jail. Unquote. His statement comes a few days after the Delhi police that functions under the ambit of the Union Home Ministry had sought permission from the state government to convert nine stadiums into open jails. There are reports today that the farmers coming to Jantar Mantar today to protest from Uttarakhand were held at the Burari ground by the Delhi police. Surjit Singh further informed the media today that their plan was to block entry into Delhi from all points. He also said that the farmers will not allow any politician to stage a protest with them. The farmers' decision came after a meeting this morning shortly after the Prime Minister Narendra Modi showed support for the farm laws in his monthly monologue, Man Ki Baat. The Prime Minister claimed that the agricultural reforms have unshackled the farmers and given them new rights and opportunities. Modi said that the parliament had cleared the farm bills after rigorous brainstorming. He also shared the story of a farmer from Maharashtra who supposedly benefited from the new laws. Meanwhile, yesterday, in the BJP-led state of Haryana, the Wali police booked 10,000 to 12,000 unidentified farmers from Punjab for rioting, causing obstruction in government duty and various other charges for violations during the Delhi Chalo March. My colleagues Nidhi and Basant are working very hard to bring you stories from the ground on the ongoing protests, so do keep an eye on our website's ground report section. The Uttar Pradesh police have lodged the first case under the new ordinance against unlawful conversion just hours after it was promulgated. 
The FIR was lodged by the police in Bareilly under sections of the Unlawful Conversion of Religion Ordinance 2020 on the complaint of one Tikaram, a resident of Sharif Nagar village late on Friday. He alleged that the person had developed a friendship with his daughter during their education and wanted to coerce, coax and allure her into converting. He said, and I quote, Despite repeated disapprovals by me and my family, he, that is the boy, is not listening and is applying pressure on me and my family through abuses and death threats to fulfill his desire. Unquote. Bareilly's superintendent of police, Sansar Singh, that a case of kidnapping the girl was lodged against the boy earlier. The officer said that the boy was pressuring her to convert from her religion and marry him. This new law on forced conversions was a promise by Chief Minister Adityanath, whose main aim is to fight against love jihad. Earlier this month, Yogi Adityanath at a public event had said, and I quote, Chori chupe naam chupakar jo log behen betiyo ki izzat ke saath khilwar karte hain, unko pehle se meri chetavni. Agar wo sudre nahi, to ram naam satya hai ki yatra nikalne wali hai. Meaning, this is my warning to those who hide their names and play with the honours of our sisters and daughters. Mend your ways or be prepared for your funeral procession. Love Jihad has repeatedly been proven to be a conspiracy theory propagated by right-wing Hindu activists who claim that Hindu women are forcibly converted by Muslims through marriage. Just this year in February, the centre, in response to a question, had told the Lok Sabha that no case of Love Jihad had been reported by any of the central agencies. The new ordinance, however, makes religious conversion a cognizable and non-bailable offence, inviting penalties to up to 10 years in prison if found to be affected for marriage or through misrepresentation, force, undue influence, coercion, allurement or other allegedly fraudulent means. Apart from Uttar Pradesh, four other BJP-led states have also decided to introduce laws aimed at preventing interfaith marriages. A section of TV news in India is partly to blame for promoting the love jihad theory and deepening the divide in our country that is already grappling with a bunch of other divisive forces. To know more about how some of our TV news channels are milking this theory, do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance with Manisha. Listeners, that love jihad has gone from being a Hindutva bogey to informing laws is deeply worrying and has therefore sparked a debate about this country's democratic values. But what is the reality of love jihad? What are the socio-political dynamics behind the campaign to outlaw inter-religious marriages? And who benefits from this campaign and who is the target? We at News Laundry are keen on answering these questions for you through a series of ground reports, video explainers and podcasts on the myth and reality of love jihad. But my lovely listeners, in-depth ground reportage like this needs not just hard work and time, but also resources. And as all of you know, we are a 100% ad-free news platform, so help us bring out this series. Contribute to our latest News Laundry Sena project called Love Jihad Myth vs. Reality. Head to our website for more details. Union Home Minister Amit Shah was in Hyderabad today to campaign for next week's municipal elections. He highlighted the floods that brought the city to a standstill last month and asked voters for one chance to show how the BJP could change the city for the better and take it from dynasty to democracy and from corruption to transparency. Addressing a public rally on the final day of the campaigning, Shah also said that the BJP wanted to rid Hyderabad of the Nawab Nizam culture and would not tolerate appeasement of any community and would ensure no one will be a second-class citizen. 
He said, and I quote, If you give the BJP one chance, we will remove all illegal construction which blocks water exits and will make sure the city never gets flooded again. The BJP has blamed an unholy alliance between the TRS and Asaduddin Owaisi-led AIMIM for Hyderabad's lack of development, accusing them of banking on votes from Rohingya and Pakistani infiltrators. On the other hand, taking a dig at the BJP for using its biggest leaders for a mere municipal election in Hyderabad, Asaduddin Owaisi said, and I quote, The only person left to campaign in the city is US President Donald Trump. Unquote. Addressing a public rally at Hyderabad's Langar House on Saturday, he said that it did not look like a Hyderabad election anymore, but one to elect a Prime Minister. And now for some international COVID-19 updates. Coronavirus cases worldwide have crossed 62.3 million, including 1.45 million deaths. COVID cases in the US passed 4 million in the month of November, double of the record set in October. Many hospitals across the country are already overcrowded and struggling to keep up with the rising number of patients. And the pressure on the healthcare system is only likely to increase. Hospitalizations on Saturday reached a daily record of over 91,000, according to the COVID tracking project. The British police arrested over 150 people yesterday while trying to shut down anti-lockdown protests in central London as tensions escalated over England's lockdown. The Metropolitan Police said that the arrests were for breaking coronavirus regulations, assaulting a police officer and various drug offences. The lockdown in England, which bars mass gatherings, is scheduled to end on 2nd of December, when some rules will be relaxed. Reuters reported that police officers lined up along several streets in central London's West End shopping district and confronted protesters in St. James Park near Westminster. The anti-lockdown protesters were also joined by groups demonstrating against vaccines. COVID cases are rising in South Africa's impoverished Eastern Cape and the neighbouring Western Cape, an area famous for its beaches and wine. South African Premier Alan Wind issued a hotspot alert on Thursday for the metropolitan area that includes Cape Town, the Western Cape's capital. Cases in the province increased by 52% over the last one week, reaching over 126,000 on Wednesday, according to government figures. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. 